Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, spiders. Whether it's itsy-bitsy and going up your water spout or a goliath tarantula under your bed, spiders scare us, fascinate us, lure us into their webs. Dr. Eleanor Spicer Rice is here to answer our arachnid queries. Plus... What? Another mailbag so soon? Well, when Tony Nita Hall reads through a hundred emails from nobodies in one day, she's got stuff to share, including a theme song for Captain Crinkle's spin-off show. God damn it, Bonnie. You got more fan mail than I did. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to weave our discussion into a web that captures a topic at its heart. And now, please welcome the woman whose spinnerets always spew out silky irrelevance without any pattern in sight, Paula Poundstone. Hey! Hey, guys, how are you? Welcome, Paula. And thank you so much, and thanks to tonight's house band, nobody Colin Miller on the guitar. Colin, by the way, is also the operations manager at Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, and every time I've had an operation there, he's <laughs> been the manager, which is just great. Telling, right? you know, like the time I had the tummy tuck. Um, st I stood up afterwards and I had this huge pot belly and I demanded right. to speak to the manager. And it was Colin. And the time I cut myself in half and then I had to have an operation after that. Uh, again, there was Colin. So, uh, yeah. What was, now, who he, was the name he, of the guy has, that was upset? Ed. Was it, it was Ed? It was either Ed or yeah. Richard. I think it was Ed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to describe in detail what happened that day. All I'm going to say okay. is Colin was the operations manager, uh, when I had that <laughs> but, surgery. But, uh, what Colin really does, as he uh, told, described to Bonnie Burns earlier this week, is he is in charge of everything at Wait, Wait that isn't funny. Wow. It's yeah. not a lot. It, it means he, he, handles, he handles a lot of details and, and, and apparently my appearances, I'm guessing. Uh, but uh, uh, also, he's quite a musician. That's some nice guitar work there, Colin. Uh, I think he might be a graduate of the Berklee School of Music in Boston. Am I imagining that or is that a thing? No. He is. He told me he, he was. Thank you, Captain Crinkle. Wow. Yes, he is. No problem, Adam. Uh, and thank you, Colin. Hold on, hold on. There you go. Oh, there it is. The signature Crinkle coming in from yeah. Captain Crinkle, ladies and gentlemen. So, Paula Poundstone, what's new? I'll tell you what's new. You know, my dog, Mo, previously known as the Pod Puppy, 
uh, is now known as the prank puppy. Uh, last week, she repeatedly turned on the treadmill while I was sitting on it in a chair recording the show. And, and last night, I was hungry for Fritos, and I knew I had a bag. I looked all over for them, and I finally found them. I reached into the bag, and there was regurgitated cat food in there. She does stuff like that now all the time. Well, uh, like, I, I, your first suspect would probably be a cat on that one, wouldn't it? No, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. A few days ago, she put an elephant in my backyard. And uh, Wait, that had what? to be... Yeah, a few days ago, she put an elephant in my backyard, and then uh, Trump, President Trump, stopped by, saw the elephant, and said, "Don't tell me, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Trump." Yeah, Trump, Trump saw the elephant. He said, "Don't no, tell I, me." No, I get what, it, Paula. Don't I thought tell he was me gonna, what I, it is. It's a. Yeah, I get it. It's a, anything, so that was clearly yeah, I, Mo that did that. That, she, she's okay. just been doing stuff like that lately. The, the <laughs> pod prank, the prank puppy. That's who she's become. Yeah. Um, there was something else I was going to tell you. What the heck was it? Oh, I know. I don't know. Um, what? I got, I got the coolest. I know we're doing mailbag at the end, but. Mailbag. Uh, I got the coolest note uh, in the mail the other day and a package. Um, it's from. Some fans, uh, Joe and Kathy, okay. and they sent me these wooden Thomas Coin coins. Oh. Um, and they call them Thomas Coins, as in, see, our Thomas Coin is Thomas C-O-Y-N-E, but they right. sent these Thomas C-O-I-N-S, they said, that can be left in places that he is not, which is right. a Right, so to remind our listeners... Uh, to remind our listeners, Thomas Coyne was the survivalist back on episode three of this show who didn't make it onto our show. We were stuck with Captain Crinkle and Tony Anita Hall looking up how to survive a bear attack because <laughs> Thomas Thomas Coyne never showed. And then and then after that, he also just ghosted on us. You know, he he never answered another email or phone call. Yeah. So we've been I don't... we've been engaged in a manhunt. So we've been worried to death about Thomas Coyne. So we asked our listeners at that time to uh, begin searching for him. And listeners have. People come up to me all the time. So one of the techniques that's been helpful is to say where he isn't. You know, if you've looked yeah, somewhere. I, I, and, and as you know, I do not consider that to be a helpful technique. Well, you're concerned that we are wasting our energy uh, recording where he isn't. But that's where these coins are helpful. Um, these uh, Thomas coins, because if you look someplace, you can leave the coin, which is great, because then someone else isn't looking there again. Um, so that's really but, helpful. But, but, again, I love the idea of these coins, but there's yeah, no reason why that coin would indicate that he's not presently there. I mean, he's not there when you put the coin down. But there's nothing that's going to stop Thomas Coyne from just showing up and hanging out right on where somebody dropped one of those coins. You know, it's a little bit like testing for the coronavirus, isn't it? Yes, it's exactly <laughs> like testing for the coronavirus. If you don't have it today, it, it's, not that you, it's not that you're never going to have it. Yeah, exactly. And right. by looking for Thomas Coyne so much, um, yes. that's why we... That's why we find him more than other countries, because our searching 
is the best there is, the best in the world, the best there's ever been. We no have, one's ever we seen have the anything best searching. like the searching yeah. that we have done. No one has done Thomas searching Clark. like we have done searching. Yes. People say to me all the time, people say, they say to me uh, and yeah. to other people, I think, uh, probably, yeah. possibly, we'll see. But what they say is that our, our, our searching is unbelievable, you know? Yeah, Pe- people have never searching. seen anything like it. They come to me no. and they say, how could you have been doing all this searching? That's exactly what they say. And other countries aren't searching uh, for Thomas Coyne. And that's why they That's don't why we them. have many more places where Thomas Coyne isn't than they do. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes. We have cases <laughs> of places where he isn't. We have more cases. Yeah, um, we, we really yeah. do. So it's All very right. similar science. Yeah. But anyways, yes. uh, oh, yes. I don't think so. But anyways, uh, we do have those <laughs> Thomas Coins. And right. uh, I think that's a brilliant idea. And I want to thank uh, um, Joe and Kathy so much for for sending those in. Uh, Joe and Kathy Osterman, by the way, just in case you were wondering which Joe and Kathy. We've it's had some amazing contributions from listeners lately. I mean, uh, just recently, a listener, and maybe Tony Anita Hall will help me remember the name of this listener, posted a video of the intro to Perry Mason, but altered That was to Raymond be... Burr. That was Raymond Burr. Oh, I'm sorry. Raymond Burr. Raymond yeah, Burr that... posted it? Yeah, that's who sent that in. That was Raymond Burr. Oh. No, I think it was Christine somebody, wasn't it, Tony? Um, it was, I believe, Christine Cox. Okay. Um, w- working with Raymond Burr, no doubt, but it, it had altered the opening to Perry Mason to be the case of the, of the murder of Doug, the intern. Yeah, that was, they did, they took, Which, the, they took the opening, like, what do you call that? It's not the credits. What do you call that part that begins the show? The cold open. No, no, that's not the cold open. No, the, the theme part. song. It's the, the tease. part with it's the part. No, it's the part with the theme song over top of it. But where the they titles, the opening titles. No, thank you, thank you very You're much. Welcome. See, Captain Crinkle has <laughs> been in the Crinkle. business for quite a while. People, right. <laughs> you know what? Jackson. Now that we're now that we're talking about the contributions of our listeners, and thank you so much, all of you, Christine. That was an amazing title sequence. Um, she yes. she put in. Uh, the episode's name was Doug, and then she put in uh, where where Perry usually hands the judge um, some sort of document. Um, it's Adam's book, uh, which, of course, was in the crime scene when Doug was killed. Uh, oh, my gosh. Right. When I mentioned Doug being killed, I, I shudder a little bit. Um, yeah, well, you know, he was a great intern. And, and again, yeah. all of you who are writing in and saying that we just came up with Doug Spur of the Moment uh, because we wanted to have sort of an ongoing crime serial on our podcast— I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. And frankly, Paula and I are insulted, and Doug's family is insulted whenever you bring up those kind of aspersions. Yeah, I'm insulted. Do you want to know how insulted? Tune in next week. How? Um, (laughs) (laughs) By the way, just so everyone knows, Bonnie Burns has been my manager for... we it's, It's incalculable. I would have to cut her in half and read the rings to know for sure, but it's been like... (laughs) <laughs> over 26 over 26 years and she's yeah. done and she's the best manager there ever was and uh, she's done a fantastic job um, no doubt yeah yeah but how do you get a podcast like this without that kind of management you can't um, get a podcast without a manager 
Are you kidding? Absolutely not. You can't. Okay, remember Burgess Meredith in Rocky? She's yeah. better than that. Bonnie's better wow. than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, as long as we as long as we brought up Bonnie, let's do our weekly around the horn, uh, find out how everybody's oh, I feel enjoying terrible. their I forgot to even ask how those guys were. My mistake. You yeah, we, we do that every week yeah. since the coronavirus started. Bonnie Burns, Captain oh, Crickle, Paula's manager, our producer. I have a stomachache. Why? Really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have phone fright. I don't, I'm not. What do you mean you have phone I'm fright? You're a manager. I don't I know. Well, you have phone fright? That part, I think. You're afraid I think I do that part well. Now, Bonnie, was this going to be your contribution for what's new, Bonnie? Or is this just a... <laughs> Or is this just some random, random well, neurons okay. firing? Yes. We, we could yes. stop now. No, what That's, do you have? That's. Uh, uh, well, my daughter took the dogs and the cat to the vet. <laughs> that's how much I've. That's that's how much I've moved, gotten out of the house, and. Uh, Let's see. <laughs> and that's not at all because that's your daughter getting out of the house. No, yeah. that's my point. And. Uh, and outside of that, I've just been home. There's my update. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, Moving you're on. welcome. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for tooling around. Hi, everybody. Hi, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Tony, Tony Anita Hall, take us away. What's happening? Um. Well, not much. Uh, no. but <laughs> did, did Bonnie's did Bonnie's daughter take anything of yours to the vet? Um, That's usually a good go-to. It is a good go-to. We were, you know, what we were in a in a crossword puzzle. Oh yes, that's a good. See, that's a good thing to bring to the show. Um, yes, our podcast yeah. was in a crossword puzzle. Yep, it was in uh, the Los Angeles Times and also the Washington Post. We were a clue. Very exciting. You want to read the clue? Yeah. So um, the clue was nobody listens to blank Poundstone comedy podcast. Now, I, I love this that, that we made it onto a crossword puzzle. Yeah. It's very impressive. too. Yeah. It's just because of that great managerial work. That's. Well, that's what I was going to say. You wouldn't have made that crossword puzzle if I hadn't have made the deal. For you to do the podcast. No, absolutely. That's absolutely true. And, and if it weren't for your daughter taking your pets to the vet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's a whole, you know what? This is sort of like It's a Wonderful Life. You, you never know how your life is affecting someone else's, you know? Right. Uh, because Bonnie's cat was pooping all over the house, Bonnie's daughter took the pets to the vet. Do you see what I'm saying? It's one thing that leads to another. So really, our, our thanks here is to Bonnie's cat. Yeah, why, Bonnie's why cat's digestive take, track. Why did she take them all to the to the vet? Um, well, they were due for their shots, the two dogs, and the cat is pretty old. And let's see, I can't remember what was wrong with them. I think it was... Oh, that he wasn't pooping, actually. Oh, oh my gosh, trade ya. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the pooping is on your, in your house. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, let's Sorry. trade cats. That's a good idea. 
I yeah, want to go back to talking about the crossword puzzle. I like oh, the crossword and, puzzle. And, and yeah. leave behind pooping cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that um, was thirty. That was thirty-eight across. Is pooping Tony, Tony, just cats. Um, no, thirty-eight across was Paula. Uh, Tony, what about the down uh, questions? You want to read us the down questions yeah, that, that spelled out Paula? Uh, okay, thirty-eight down is honey or sugar. How many letters? It starts with a P. It's uh, seven letters. It does start with a P. I'll give you that. And it starts with a P. Honey or sugar. Um, hmm. Honey or sugar. Uh, Oh, I I, I remember this one. I got that one. uh, Sugar. You guys want me to tell you? Yeah. It's pet names. Yep. Pet, Pet name? Pet name. Oh, like sweetie pie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, don't be a. Don't be a. Bonnie doesn't like it. (laughs) Pet name, honey or sugar. Well, I wouldn't have come up with that in a million years. Okay. Me neither. You know, when your cat poops all over the house, you don't call it honey (laughs) or sugar. Well, it's a different kind of pet, Paula. Oh, pet name. Oh. Okay, this is gross. This is gross. Oh, she's got something gross to to say. All right. Wait. Okay, so. Ed's going to be cat... so upset. No, it is. I have to I'm ask I'm already this, upset. Though, Bonnie is and interrupting with, known each other, this is gross. This... Okay, it's gross. So, so you cannot say it if you want. It? No, I have to ask. Okay, Do so you? when our cat poops, the dogs lick his ass. Do your dogs lick your cat's ass? <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> I'd like to go on vacation. <laughs> like land. <laughs> It's like asking Bonnie a question on the show. We should do it later in the show because it's like it's like uncorking a champagne bottle and there's there's no getting that cork back in. And remember when she didn't want to talk? Remember when she's yeah. like, oh yeah, I am. Take me back. Take me back. <laughs> Just 20 short minutes ago, she's like, oh, I hate this. I'm scared of microphones. And now she's like, does your dog lick your cat's ass after it poops? God we, damn it, Bonnie. We had a listener who wrote in a complaint um, that I said like something really gross one time, and it caused his um, gag reflex to go off. Um, his name was Ed. That listener's name was Ed. And Ed right yeah. now is heaving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we might not be the show yeah. for Ed. And wait till, yeah. wait till he hears my answer, which is not if I get to it first. Oh! <laughs> uh, we know when we take oh, a break, which will be soon, Bonnie. I want you to think about how you started the how you started that little anecdote with "I have to say this." Because <laughs> what when I would I suggest see- is maybe you didn't. <laughs> no, when I see it, I think this is nature at work, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I I want to I want to be anywhere but here right now. <laughs> hey Paula, do you have a vocabulary word this week? Oh, um, yeah. It's... <laughs> I don't think I can say oh, it. Uh... Oh my heavens! <laughs> <laughs> You know what, Adam? I 
I do yeah. have a word. It's um, it's it's dis <laughs> it's it's it's. I'm crying. Okay, I have a word. Yeah. It's disputatious, which is an adjective oh. that means fond of or causing heated arguments. Uh, here, I'll use it in this sentence. Um, okay. My cat Theo is quite disputatious in her exchanges with my dog Mo, who Theo regularly slaps rapidly in the snout. Disputatious. Okay. Um, right. and, and Adam, you know, hold on a second here. Wait. Oh, I had to get ready. I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't know the word disputatious. That sounds like one that you'd, you'd be you able know, to at least you know, divine by context. So often when I say the word, you'll tell me if it's a good word or you'll say you're surprised that I don't know it. Uh, I'm not putting out words that I knew already. The, the, the words are okay. words that I'm either, I, yeah, maybe I've heard it before, but I wasn't exactly sure. Um, or just, I don't know, words that I didn't know. I don't have a big vocabulary. Um, well, I'd say that you do now. Don't I wish. Um, I mean, that, after all these months of, uh, of word of the week and, and with your amazing, uh, mnemonic, uh, um, well, that's my goal, you know, is so that, that, you know, because the pandemic is taking a toll on my memory, it's a lucky thing that I have the vocabulary song to help make disputatious, for example, my own. Here, here's... This week's word is disputatious. It's an adjective that means fond of or causing heated arguments. Fuck you, I don't want your two cents. Last week's word wasn't vague. <laughs> it's a verb that means persuade someone to do something by deception or flattery. I love you, Mom. Will you buy me a new phone battery? The week before that, we had revivify. It's a verb that means give new life or strength to someone or something. It happens when you eat a ring ding. Going back before that, we had parlous. It's an adjective from old use or humor. It means dangerously uncertain, precarious, like a maskless idiot without, with a virus. And not long ago, we had incommodious. It's an adjective that means causing discomfort or inconvenience. Like when the meaner maid doesn't show any lenience. Let's never forget free, which I pronounced wrong until nobody, James Hyder, corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's, who's podge? Podge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do. You know, I right. I just uh, I was away over the weekend um, because I was in Vienna at the uh, uh, receiving an at award at the Glockenspiel Festival. Yeah, I was receiving an award from uh, the uh, Society of uh, Glockenspielers, and uh, it does sound like you've taught yourself a second phrase in the song um, at this point. Well, I always. I always knew it. I didn't want to reveal it right away. Because, uh, you know, you want to build. That's what I learned about the show business. If there's one thing I learned from my manager, Bonnie, she always said to me, build, you know? Don't let right. everybody... Build. Don't, don't put it all out in the first few minutes. You know, build, which... Don't talk about, don't talk about licking the cat's butt in act one. 
It's exactly. <laughs> See, I think you've taken her message and then applied it uh, in a practical right. way. That's fantastic. Sure. Or really another amazing. thing she used to say to me is if you talk about licking the cat's butt in act one, make sure you talk about licking the dog's butt in the closing act. That's what. Oh, it's positively Chekhovian in her theatrical advice there. Yeah. Yeah. Whew, boy. Coming up. In E.B. White's Charlotte's Web, Charlotte the Spider says, I wove my webs for you because I liked you. After all, what's a life anyway? We're born, we live a while, we die. A spider's life can't help being something of a mess with all the trapping and eating flies. By helping you, perhaps I was trying to lift up my life a trifle. Heaven knows anyone's life can stand a little of that. Dr. Eleanor Spicer-Rice will open up our eyes to the amazing life of spiders that's coming up when we return to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Robert E. Lee said, well, I guess that's it then. Thank you, house band Colin Miller. You know, I didn't realize that Colin had that kind of musical talent. I really didn't. Me neither. During my operations, he didn't play a note. Again, he's operations manager of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yeah. Okay. Guy's um, a gift, gifted surgeon. Gifted he's, surgeon. He's got great hands. And he, he picks a mean, jazzy guitar, too. Um, Paula, I understand that it is spider season out where you are in Santa Monica, California. It is spider season. They're everywhere. And I don't know, like, am I wasting my energy being afraid of them? Well, it depends on which ones you're afraid of, doesn't it? Precisely. I don't know enough about them to know which one I'm supposed to yell eek over. Now, are you really genuinely creeped out by spiders? Uh, you know, no, I'm creeped out by their webs. We have their webs everywhere. And once you get a web on you, you don't know if the spider was connected to it or not. That is true. That does freak me out, too. Whenever so I, I walk right I through their web and then I'm, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we have someone on the phone who can help ease our arachnophobia or make it worse. She might make it worse. Dr. Eleanor Spicer-Rice got her doctorate in entomology from North Carolina State University, and today she is a senior science writer at Verdant World. Or is that Verdant Word, Eleanor? It's Verdant Word. Hey. Verdant, Verdant Word, the company <laughs> she co-founded. She's the author of Dr. Eleanor's Book of Common Ants and Dr. Eleanor's Book of Common Spiders. Please welcome the uncommon Dr. Eleanor Spicer-Rice. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you for being with us. So, uh, uh, Dr. Eleanor, should I be afraid of spiders? No, you should not be afraid of spiders, but you should be cautious of spiders because all spiders have venom, but most spiders don't bite, and many couldn't even pierce your skin if they tried to bite you. They're mostly really? here for good. Yes. And so there been, are those that could hurt you. There are some spiders that could hurt you, but they don't even want to hurt you. They did a study where they tried to get black widows to bite somebody. They just tried to force it to bite somebody. And the only way they could get it to bite them is if they squeezed it as if its life was in peril. And finally, it, 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 it tried to bite. It's really? really hard to get. Yeah, most spiders really try to stay away from you as much as possible. It's really hard to get a spider to bite you. You know what I'd like to know? is how they got the person uh, to do that study. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? There's somebody for everything these days. I <laughs> guess so. 
But I'll tell you now, what, when it came out, there were a bunch of us who were just waiting at the edges of our seats to read it. Oh, really? No, yeah. It's thrilling <laughs> to a lot of us because we hear about spider bites. When you study bugs, everybody tells you they were bitten by a spider. And pretty much every single time, they were not bitten by a spider. Well, who bit them? Um, well, a lot of times, a lot of things can be misdiagnosed spider bites, like flea bites. Um, when people mm -hmm. sleep at night, fleas will bite people on their on their sides and stuff. And um, uh, infected mosquito bites, uh, skin reactions, all kinds of things. They did this study where they thought there was a brown recluse outbreak at a prison. And mm -hmm. they went back and looked because they were, this poor spider was getting blamed for everything. And it ended up being just a MRSA infection, you know, antibiotic resistant, you know, infection oh, wow. that was uh -huh. going across. But everybody sees that kind of characteristic and thinks it's a spider bite. But it's mm -hmm. not. They're often misdiagnosed. The maligned spider. So did the spider sue? That would be a good idea. Well, they're probably looking for representation if y'all know anybody. Now, there, you did mention the brown recluse. Now, what I've always been told is, that, especially since I live here in, this, in the southwest portion of the United States, that the mm -hmm. two spiders to look out for are the brown recluse and the black widow. Right. So those are the two most venomous spiders in North America, but many of us live outside their range. So How I'm not sure exactly where you are, but in, in California, there is, there is a desert recluse in the south, south, southern part of California. Um, but brown recluses don't live anywhere near y'all. Oh, really? Well, Not near the coast? Adam, Adam mm -hmm. lives in a town called um, Black Widowville. Right. <laughs> so, to be, there to might be, be fair, I have found several black widow spiders in and among uh, around my property. Uh, one in the garage. One was living behind the TV outside. Um, oh, yeah. they, they definitely are in, in the Los Angeles area. No, not in front of it. They, yeah, they don't not like my it. taste in movies. Yeah, no. Right. Well, that's that's interesting. They can um, they, there's a Western black widow that does live out there, but they don't. Do you ever get bothered by them other than getting freaked out when you see them? We have black widows all over our yard here. and They don't do anything all over your yard. Oh, yeah, we have them. I mean, we find them under everything over here. I'm, I'm on the huh. East Coast. I'm in right, North, North Carolina. Carolina. You said, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But I've never been bitten by one or anything. My children run around barefoot all day long. There's no problem with them, but they, they can hurt you if you do a lot of times when people, I do know someone who was bitten by a black widow and what happened was it had climbed into her shirt. And when she pulled her shirt onto her body, it squeezed a black widow against her body and it bit her in the chest. So it wasn't Oof. like it was attacking her. It was just trying to get away from her. But gotcha. okay, this, so this would be, uh, so this would be where I take issue with these spiders because okay. that's. <laughs> That's the problem. I mean, I'm not going to do anything deliberately to a spider, but who knows if it goes in my shirt or goes in my sleeping uniform or goes in my shoe, right? Um, yeah. Then it's, this is the thing. Your that, sleeping that you never, uniform. My sleeping uniform. I don't. Okay. I don't wear pajamas, but I do. I got it. Yeah. All I right. Sleep okay. in a uniform. Um, so this is the a thing. Uniform. Like, yeah. And uh, with ID on it, by the way. <laughs> Uh, but that's my whole point that, about the spiders, that um, they may misinterpret what's going on and feel the need to bite me. Because once you've walked like through their um, uh, web, because spiders around here, they have a tendency. We had one that kept making a web 
in front of our front door on the outside mm-hmm. of our house, and you had no choice but to walk. And sometimes I would remember, and I go, oh, and I would be careful and try to, you know, move around it. But plenty mm-hmm. of times you just walk out, not really thinking, and then you, first of all, there's spider web all over your face and in your hair, and second of all. I have no way of knowing if that spider's still hanging off there or not. And what if it thinks I attacked it? Well, those spiders do not really bite you. Those orb weavers, it'd be really hard. I mean, it doesn't even really hurt if they bite you. But um, they don't don't hurt you if they bite me, but me, they might hurt. (laughs) No, 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 no. Those are not to be feared. I mean, they'll call. Wait, what kind did you say it was? Orb weavers, is it just a general type of spider? Different types of spiders can build different types of webs. And some build that Charlotte's web kind of orb, you know, that big, beautiful oh, yeah, thing that, is beautiful. that you're walking through and wondering if it's in your mouth. Um, yeah. Those are, those, that's what you have. And what I'm guessing is that you would turn your porch light on at night, would you? And then they yeah. would come out and they would catch everything that flew to your porch light. Oh, and I so, see. And they're really good at catching stuff. They're wasteful feeders. They catch so many things that they have to throw out the dead, you know, bugs that they can't eat in the morning. Why don't they donate them to less fortunate bugs? They really should. Well, they do. They throw them on the ground. The ants will come and get them, I guess. But they, um, but those spiders, they don't really, in the morning when you come out, they're Mm -hmm. not there anymore because they only use their web at night. And then many times they'll take their own webs down. If you would give them time and stop ruining their house, they'll eat their webs <laughs> and then they'll build do it what again to their webs? Night. They'll eat it. They'll, they'll eat it. They'll go around and disassemble their webs. And then, or you can just save them the step and crash through it in the morning. So they don't and then, live in their webs long-term. Oh, they, they live, they live beside their webs. They just use their webs. Those just use their webs to catch food. And then they hide in the daytime. And then when you turn that light on, it's like, you know, setting up feeding time you know, yeah yeah the fried chicken house and then they they're like yeah. turning on the light and so um that's what they're that's what they're doing so they're not unless you're walking out there at nighttime when they're feeding they're well, not going to be on you well huh. yeah yeah sometimes. but you could just turn your light off i don't have a curfew <laughs> <laughs> well, why are they so attracted to cars seems like that's a side view mirror thing happening or uh, oh yeah they're always thing. on my side view mirror Oh, yeah. I mean, think of how great that is for a spider that all it has to do is set up a little web right there in that protected area. And then you drive around and catch all of its food for it. Oh, wow. I mean, oh. So we're getting doing a, like to go orders for it. You are doing like the fast food for spiders. Yeah. You're like yeah. you are their joint. And so yeah. you're making their little their little house for them and you're protecting them in there. You're not going to swat them because like who cares? And then and then they just eat all the bugs that you're running into. Oh, so they like cars because they move. Yeah, you're doing good for them. Get a little breeze, get some gnats. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they don't have to sit there in your driveway all day long. I mean, you're moving around getting stuff for them. It's a pretty great great way to be. The stay-at-home order has probably upset them. um, Oh, yeah. Because I don't don't drive that much anymore. Now, my my daughter— yeah, they're still there. My my yeah. daughter took a spider class in college. Um, and I, I don't think she did it so much. You know, she didn't go to this college in hopes of studying spiders. I think it was really what fit into her schedule. But having said that, the only reason I know she took a spider class is because I think she has referenced in conversation that class to me more than any other class she took. But why would why would someone intentionally study spiders? What What's to be gained from it? 
from studying spiders yeah um it's the coolest thing i mean first of all arthropods so spiders aren't insects right but arthropods are like spiders and ticks and mites and stuff and insects they're they make up 80 percent of the life that we know on earth right so arthropods they are, do yes so they're most of the animals that we can see so everywhere your daughter goes there are spiders you're never more than four feet from a spider i know the guy who did this study he did it in the arctic he did it everywhere you are never more than four feet from a spider even while we're talking wow. in our separate places so you just creep me out no you're supposed to be getting excited oh yes that's a, what it, that's what it is yeah you're supposed to never be more than four thrilled. feet because yeah. um like okay two feet from where i'm sitting is my shelves of videotapes uh, do you think that the spiders are behind the, the collection of the Waltons or the honeymooners? Oh, no. Let's think about this. The Waltons are probably more wholesome. Let's go with the Waltons. <laughs> yeah. Back there. Oh, they are more Hoping wholesome. Hoping for some pie. Yeah. Let's face <laughs> it. The, the honeymooners was a constant threat of domestic abuse. Oh, it's just that's probably painful. <laughs> what these days? <laughs> Although they do have kind of tumultuous love lives themselves a lot of times. So, you know. Oh, do they? Oh, is yeah. there a lot of heartbreak in the life of a spider? There's a lot of husband eating, isn't there? Well, spiders are all predators, right? So any spider could be a lover or it could be a meal for that female. Because to mate, he has to insert these his special mating organs right underneath where her fangs are. So oh. she could either eat him. So he has to, all these spiders come up with different ways of tricking um, their girlfriends into doing it with them. So like the really? orb weavers, a lot of the orb weavers will sit on the side and they'll strum songs um, like a guitar. They'll like pluck a song on the guitar and the like in writing spiders do this. And the writing spider, will, the female will sing back to them, like pluck a song back to them and they'll work something out that way. But when then, you say pluck, what are they plucking on? The web? They pluck the strings of the web. Mm -hmm. So the female wow. will tune, she'll tune the web. But here's the thing. So when he goes and mates with her, right, he doesn't want anybody else to mate with her. He wants to be the only mate. So as soon as he inserts his pedipalps into her, he spontaneously dies. And then he just hangs there until she either eats him or he falls off so that nobody else can mate with her. It's called extreme monogamy. Yeah, I would that think is so. extreme. Yeah. yeah. It's, Whoa. See, it seems yeah. like if, if I can't. all have weird things. That, yeah, but like like to suicide through sex, it's just amazing. Yeah, but you got to get it done. And then some spiders, like <laughs> the ones that weave little sheet webs in your yard. You ever wake up in the morning and you look out and you see like little sheets in the grass? Yeah. Those spiders will come up and they have these like sexy web flexings. So they'll flex the web like a mattress and the female will come out and she gets hypnotized. And then he releases a chemical and it causes her to pass out. And while she's knocked out, he mates with her and runs away. And then she wakes up and she's pregnant. He roofies her. Ah. Whoa, that doesn't sound ethical. No, but it happens. Hashtag WTF, though. I mean, that's they that's... all do crazy stuff. All of them. Like wow. if you if you see a do spider, any of them just go to the just approach the female and go, "Hey, you got something on your face?" There, yeah. no, there. <laughs> no, you know what? I'll just get it. I'll get it for you. Yeah, and then that they sounds can like actually. A... Link yeah. spiders do that. They'll like they'll be like, "Hey, I'm gonna be the best boyfriend ever. Do you want a like a back rub?" And then they give them like a massage. And when the female gets all like sweet because she's gotten this massage, he jumps on her and mates with her and runs away. So yes, <laughs> that actually happens exactly like you said. 
they all like do crazy stuff. Even black widows. You want me to stop talking about spider sex? Let me just no go. No, this is fascinating. Black Black widows are called black widows for a reason, right? I'm not sure if I'm more excited that I'm single or that I'm not a spider. (laughs) Oh yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Well, you have all the power, except for with black widows. So what black widows do is the females have cobwebs. They're not. You know what a cobweb looks like. You know it's not that pretty street web. Okay, so they put their sex pheromone in the cobweb and so real healthy robust black widow females have this real strong pheromone so all the males come from all around but the first male that gets there will wind up her web so it looks like she's sickly because he takes away all the pheromone as he winds it up and then she's waiting for the party and he'll be like oh nobody likes you but i like you and then he'll mate with her (laughs) he tricks her he's like that terrible boyfriend that like you know, makes you feel real bad about yourself so that you'll stay going out with them. Wow. But does he then get killed in return? Not always. No, black widows don't eat their mates as often as they are as said to eat their mates. They will sometimes if they're hungry, but not every time. Huh? Wow. Well, you would think then that one of the first mating questions from the male would be, are you hungry? <laughs> well, that's what they do on that web plucking. They'll pluck it and they'll say, "Are you hungry?" And if the female runs after it, they run away. Oh, jeez! Wow. So yeah. they're not really lesson learners. Like, don't you think that if humans could figure this out about spiders, how come spiders can't figure it out about spiders? Why do the females keep falling for these tricks, or the males uh, fall for that. tricks? It's just this beautiful situation. I mean, what do? But have humans learned it about other humans? I no. mean, no, no, they have no. Not. no, that's we, a good it's point. Easy yeah, to, very good. I point. bet the spider. I bet the spiders behind the wall are like peeking out at y'all every night, being like, "Mm mm mm." Yeah, they no. figured it out. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, wait till they, wait till they hear about 2020. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, spiders all over the world are like they're morons. Yeah. Um, all right, now, you know, if I find a spider in my house and somebody is here, you know, years ago, um, mm-hmm. then people always go, don't kill it, don't kill it. And <laughs> by the way, I never kill it. I always grab them in a Kleenex and take them outside and then I just sort of dump them. Uh, mm-hmm. But does a spider even survive that when I dump it out of a Kleenex onto the grass or onto the pavement? Are, aren't they hopelessly dislocated from their home? If you do that, it it really depends. Well, first of all, the best technique for picking up a spider is to take a clear glass and put it over the spider and then slide um, like a postcard or something underneath it. That way you're staying as far away from it as possible and it hurts the spider less. But yes, fewer than 5% of the spiders that live in your house right now have ever been outside. They've never seen the outdoors. Most wow. of them are are there to be with you and to help your life. Now, when the seasons change, sometimes you get some that wander around and accidentally make it into your house. And a lot of those are the ones that can really freak you out because they look real big and freaky. Um, but yeah, you're when you put a lot of them outside, they don't do too well in the outdoors. So what should I do? Just leave them alone. They're going to try to get back in anyway. Huh. They're not doing anything. They're all they're doing is helping you out. So they've done a study. In on what people's way homes. are they helping me? Well, they eat your pests. So in people's houses, they've done studies on people's homes, and the average house has more than a hundred species of arthropods living in it. The average house, not dirty houses, 
species, there's different types of arthropods. So it's not a hundred bugs living in your house. It's a hundred different types of bugs living in your house. Okay. So I may as well live outside. You might as well, but your house is this beautiful, crazy ecosystem and spiders are a top predator and they're a really valuable part of that ecosystem. So they're going through your house and eating all kinds of junk that you don't even want to deal with. And it's not just the spiders that you see. It's sometimes it's spiders that you, it's a lot of times spiders that you don't see that you don't even realize are there. Um, I have this great spider. Can I tell you about the spider? It lives on my ceiling. Please. In my bathroom. Go ahead. Y'all have them yeah. out there. I have a spitting spider in my, in the ceiling of my bathroom. And this is why they're so great. They're so neat to watch. But what they do is they don't really like to hunt, but because they don't like to get near things to, to attack them. So what they do is they hurl these venomous death loogies at their prey and they, the prey gets covered in the venom and the ook and can't move. And then it runs over and it'll eat it. So, and you probably have those in your house too. They're one of the most common spiders in North America. Well, I don't want but, that kind of spider in my house. That's gross. No, you can't. No, it's adorable. You should see their little faces. And Bonnie already has a dog that licks her cat's butt. I mean, that, <laughs> this is disgusting. Why, why do we have to do a callback to that? <laughs> because this was gross, too. This this yeah. whole spider that, thing is going to upset Ed. Oh, Ed, Ed, I think Ed has long stopped being a listener to Nobody Listens to Paula Pounce. Ed, if you're out there, we really do want to hear from you, by the way. We want to hear how these last couple of weeks have been striking you and this interview. Dr. Eleanor, we had a, a, a listener write in to us that um, he was upset that I had said something really gross. And so oh. when he hears this spider loogie story. Oh, no. That's it. That's, that's, that's right. the end of Ed. <laughs> Poor Ed. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ed. Well, <laughs> the American Quakers had a proverb, and that was, if you want to live and thrive, let the spider run alive. And that oh. works unless, of course, you're a fly. Then the spider's yeah. parlor is not such a happy place. But stay tuned, everyone, to hear more about your favorite arachnids when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Cat of the Week is Jackson from Normal, Illinois. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort 
and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. And we're back with Dr. Eleanor Spicer Rice. And thank you for the spicy music, Colin. <laughs> yeah, Colin. Yeah. Um, so, Dr. Eleanor, you mentioned earlier that each kind of spider, not every kind has a different kind of web. Well, yeah. Right? No, they do. So the webs are kind of like fingerprints, right? So Really? But there's different types of spiders in general that build general webs, like um, like the orb webs and cobwebs and those little, you know, sheet webs that we were talking about. And then each uh -huh. spider that that builds a web will have its own web. But many spiders don't build webs at all. They're active hunters, like wolf spiders or fishing spiders. Um, they can use webs to make like little sleeping bags for them, or they can use webs to, um, like. Jumping spiders, for example, can use webs to make a drag line as they walk in case they tumble off the surf surface and they can use it to climb back up. So a lot of spiders don't don't use don't have webs at all to catch prey. There's a kind that's all over my back porch and I, I call these particular webs uh, Escher webs. Hmm. Instead of making the the orbs, they make these squares. Do you know what I'm referring to? No, I know. Oh, okay. All right, then I don't know. <laughs> I know I, that I, some spiders do that, but I don't know which species you have back there. Yeah, and they're not like symmetrical. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you look at the orb kind. I mean, every now and then we'll get one in the backyard somewhere 
that is um, that lasts a long time and it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. these these kind of eschery looking ones always look like they're falling apart. You know, they they look like they 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 look like how American cars were built in the seventies, like they were supposed to break. <laughs> uh, right. That was, well, that was like an AMC point. Pacer or something. Yeah. So, but they're smaller, so that the the strength of their webs um, correlates with the type of bug they want to catch. Right. So you oh, have bigger spiders, they need thicker webs. If that little Escher web caught a moth, it would freak out. It wouldn't be able to do anything with it because it would be too big. So they have to build their webs exactly right to fit, to catch the kind of prey that they want to catch. Oh. And, and they can use webs for all kinds of things. I mean, I mean, in terms of like prey capture and stuff. Um, and they, um, they can shake the webs to see if somebody's you know there or not. And we use spider silk, or we used to use spider silk a lot too, because it's very very strong. Um, and so, what do you use it for? Well, um, well, we all in World War One and Two, they would have black widow factories where these people would keep just black widows in little jars, and they would harvest the silk from them because silk is so strong, but it's also so straight. And they would use it to make sites for their weapons. So they really? would use the, those for the crosshairs for the weapons. And oh, I wow. never knew are, that. The crosshairs in, in, in like rifles were um, Black, were Widow, Black silk. Widow silk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And they had whole factories where mostly women would sit there all day and just pull silk out of the butts of Black Widows. Oh, okay. Did there ever be dogs that would lick the... Um, Paula? <laughs> I'll, I'll let Bonnie Down. ask. Um, you, know, you know what, Doctor Eleanor? I'm I'm 60 years old, and I realize there's nothing you can do about that. But here's the thing: so I've been on the planet for 60 years, and I even have a daughter that took a spider class in college and right. has shared with me some. Most of what you're telling me, I have never heard before. Like World War II, there were Black Widow factories or what i've never (laughs) heard this and i read not a lot but some and and i talk to people and 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 i watch the news and the occasional nature show how how much of this shit are you making up oh well you'll have to find that out later I mean, it's just crazy to me that I've never heard any of this my my daughter people don't talk about spiders except for your daughter yeah. I mean, people are scared of them. Yeah. 20% of us have, like, genuine arachnophobia. What is that about? Really? Why do we have it? Well, they've done some studies say that we could be genetically predisposed to fearing spiders, just like we are to, like, you know, just to, to save us from things. But most things, most of the studies that have been conducted say that we teach each other to be afraid of spiders. They freak us out. And so, like when I was little, somebody told me that my granddad was bitten by a brown recluse, which I now know is totally impossible. But I was right. terrified of spiders. Like up until I was an adult, I was so afraid of spiders. So what flipped the switch for you? I wrote a book about spiders and I learned what they were doing. I mean, with, as with most things in life that we're afraid of, when you get to know it, you realize that it's actually pretty fascinating. With humans mm-hmm. too, just people you're afraid of or or being afraid of experiences or something, when you get to know what's happening, it's fascinating. 
Now, what well, about the big ones? What about the ones that really freak people out? Like, I'm talking about tarantulas and on up and above, like those giant ones you see in pictures of from Australia and stuff. Those oh, don't yeah. creep you out? No, they don't. They don't creep me out anymore. They're just neat little things that are doing stuff. No, so tarantulas I, are not neat little things that are doing yes, stuff. Yes, they are. They're no. really neat. Tarantulas <laughs> are they really creepy. They build little creepy. hammocks for themselves so that they can molt. And they, they're really, they So they are. can they're molt? Really what do you mean by molt? They molt. Molt. Oh, molt. molt. Excuse me. <laughs> oh. Well, they, yes. they live a long time, don't they? Like some of the bigger some spiders them, really yeah. do have long the lifespans. Yeah, the males only live a couple of years, but the females can live like 30. I mean, they can live a long time. And some spiders that live in your house can live a really long time. Most spiders only live about a year, but like some philostatid spiders that you have, many of you have running around your houses can live you know, 12, 20 years. And they're really, I mean, they are your housemates. Yeah. They probably, some of them were there before you got there and they might be there after you leave. You know what? If they're my housemates, there are some dishes in the sink right now. (laughs) You got to tell them. They can have at it. I used to work a a club many, many years ago in Raleigh, North Carolina. So wait, you might know this club. Um, The, uh, oh, Charlie Goodnights. It was a comedy club. Yeah, it's the the only comedy club we have here. Yes. Yeah. Well, they used to have in the downstairs dining room, they used to have big like tanks, uh, aquariums. Mm -hmm. And in them were tarantulas. Hmm. And one time I was there and I had dinner before it was, you know, time to tell my little jokes. And while I'm down there having dinner, somebody happened to notice that the tarantulas weren't in one of the tanks. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that makes for a rough meal and not oh, a yeah. fun show. Yeah, no. they're like, uh oh. Did they find? Did they no. find? It? No, no. Uh, they're probably four feet luggage? away from me now. They could be in my luggage. <laughs> um, you know, my daughter Allie. Uh, one day she was outside and she starts screaming with excitement, and uh, and I went out and she had found a jumping spider and she said, "These are so <gasps> oh, cute. You have to look at so this." Wonderful. And we got a, you know, magnifying glass so I could see. And they do. They have these little faces. Oh it kind God, of was adorable. So, they're so, so cute. They have those giant eyes. Oh, can I tell you something else about them? Please. When they when they mate, you know, we were talking about how spiders mate. They have yeah. little love dances for each other. And the dances are for each species has its own little song and dance because they have really big eyes. So they can see a lot of spiders are pretty much blind. Those that live in webs and stuff can't see very well, but those that can hunt like jumping spiders. So they have these little things where they'll lift their little butts in the air and they'll shake it in the air while they tap out a little song on the ground for the female. It's so cute. And so that's their own song. It's their own language, species Mm -hmm. to species, but they also have their own dialect. So like the jumping spiders in your yard, if they talk to a jumping spider of the same species from a lot farther away, they might not be able to understand each other as well because they have their own dialect within their jumping spider oh, language. wow. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? So is there some of them that don't pronounce ours? Probably, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Bostonian spiders? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a spider. I'm a yeah. spider. I've been living in your yard for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I was, You know what? I've seen some other spiders in your car, right in your side view mirror. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can move them from your car if you want. It won't be hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what we haven't had? Fucking spiders. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, so oh, I, I like could go they- for a fly right now. <laughs> Who's with me? 
I, I like it that you describe uh, very much like my daughter, Allie, when you even hear the term jumping spider, uh, you jump a little yourself. Oh, yeah, they're uh, so cute. With, yeah, and that's how she describes them as cute. But I, oh, yeah. I do have to say that when you see them like through a magnifying glass, the little face, you just can hardly believe. Oh, they look like that, they've got mustaches. Yeah, that nature had that kind of attention to detail. Oh, uh, yes. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I was just going to give you a little t- trick since it is the end of summer on how to find hunting spiders in your backyard at night, just in case you uh, want to be freaked out. Uh-huh. If you walk outside with a flashlight, they have eye shine like cats do. So if you shine your flashlight kind of low to the grass, you can see all their eyes glimmering at you. Really? Uh, that yeah. just made my life that much creepier. Yeah, and I that do is it creepy. several nights in a row because sometimes the weather's just right and it just, you will be totally surrounded. I mean, the population density can get so intense in your yard. Uh, sometimes I go out there and I'll see a few and then sometimes I'll go out in my yard and it looks like dew drops all over the grass. And it's, wow. there's so many of them out there. Wow. Maybe it is dew drops. It could be, but when you walk up to it, they run away. Oh, oh yeah. Not a lot of dew you drops got, You got to follow it down, follow it down yeah. to the spider to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. They don't retreat. Um, now, I've only I, we're hearing all this, <laughs> all these really cool stories about spider sex. Um, but do they have families? They don't have families. They don't hang out with their mate. Right. They're not sociable. Uh, well, it depends. Like crab spiders, these spiders that live in fl- the heads of flowers and stuff. They have this like terrible boyfriends also that like jump on their backs once they finally get up there because they have to wander up and down flower stalks until they find a flower that has a crab spider on it. So once they get there, they're not going to let her go. So they're kind of clingy boyfriends. They, they hang out with her until she's like finally going to lay her eggs. But no, but there are spiders like wolf spiders that the ones I'm telling you that you're going to see in your backyard, mm-hmm. they hold their babies on their backs for a long time until they're ready to um to to go away so a lot of times you'll see a wolf spider with um spiderlings just packed on the on her back and she just walks around with her little baby spiders until it's time for them to go somewhere Hmm? but they came from eggs right yep so they carry the egg case around um with them and then when they hatch all the babies come out and crawl onto her back and then they just stay back there until they're old enough to go away it's pretty cute if you look at it, but if you are afraid of them and you kick one and hundreds of spiders, you know, start running all over you, that's your own fault. Um, so, so those are really cool. And, and you can see those now. I've started seeing them now. Now through about September, you'll see wolf spiders, mamas with babies on her back. And, um, but a, a lot of spider babies, what they do is they need to disperse across the world, right? I mean, they need to get away from the web because their mama could eat them because their mama can't see very well and she doesn't know who's who. So what they do when they hatch is they go to the highest place they can and they release a little tiny filament of silk into the air. And the wind and the Earth's electrostatic fields cling to that filament. And they pick the baby spider up. It's called ballooning. And they carry her away to somewhere else. And so. Yeah, we all saw that in Charlotte's Web at the end. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's what yeah. they were doing. And they have no idea where they're going to end up. And so they're really good at colonizing new environments that way. 
but sometimes because it, it works with the electrostatic fields, what happens is, or just a few times in recorded history, is that all the ballooning spiders at one time will converge in one place and they'll find places like whole towns that are totally covered in like millions and millions of spiders. Wow. It looks oh, like snow. Wow. It looks like they, the whole town has been snowed on. They usually, because um, basically they're, you know, they're leaving the, the nest. They're moving out. Right. And so mm -hmm. usually, um, especially in August and September, they will um, stop by Target and get <laughs> yeah. all the extra supplies. Extra long sheets. Yes, yes. that's right. The extra <laughs> long sheets. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is so... This is amazing. It Thank is amazing. You so much. Now I'm scared to even be alive. <laughs> well, you. No, you're supposed to be thrilled. <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little scared and a little thrilled. I'm going to I'm going to take a flashlight to the backyard tonight and figure out which I am. <laughs> All right. Thanks to Dr. Rice, we've learned that much of what we thought we knew about spiders was a web of lies. And now, Dr. Eleanor, we're going to take the information you gave us and run it through the old pounstinator. Paula? Colin Miller, first of all, thank you so much for stitching me up. And now, if you could give me a little background music, uh, I will tell you what I've just learned. Thank you. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you what. That was fascinating. Dr. Eleanor, you taught me so much. But I have to confess, it may have been pearls before swine because there's only one fact that's going to really stick in my head, and that's the one that says you're only four feet away from a spider at any given time. You know what that means? I don't see any spiders, so that means that right now a spider is spying on me. I'm standing in the middle of my office slash bedroom, and I am going to turn in every direction and look exactly four feet away from me until I find that spider. I look to my right and there's the honeybee book that I got out of the library before COVID and we'll have to launder Russian oligarch money from Deutsche Bank in order to get a loan big enough to pay the library overdue fee. And I still haven't read it. I'll bet it's behind that book. Ugh. Ugh. Um... Nope, not there. I turn a little further to the right. I'll bet it's behind the turntable or the fax machine or under the answering machine, which would explain my outgoing message having been changed to, you have reached a big fucking spider. Leave a message quick. I'm going to have sex tonight, and I'll probably be eaten. No, it's, it's not there. I know. It's behind my glass-framed Where Angels Go Trouble Follows movie poster. Let me get a clear glass and a postcard. I'll get it. Ah, shit. Not there either. Neither is Thomas Coyne. Let me put this coin here. I turn a little more to the right. It's gotta be behind these alphabetized videotapes directly four feet from me. Stardust Memories, Strangers on a Train, Streetcar Named Desire, Stormy Weather, Stir Crazy, Sunset Boulevard, if it's behind that one, I'll name it Max, Sweet Smell of Success, The Taking of Bellum 1, 2, 3, Take the Money and Run, A Tale of Two Cities, Tempo Po, Taxi Driver, Tender Mercies, This Land is Mine, not here either. No spider. See, Dr. Eleanor was wrong. Ah, shit. That was metric. Start over. <laughs> 
Well, she is the author of Dr. Eleanor's Book of Common Spiders. Dr. Eleanor Spicer Rice, thank you so much for coming on our show. That was a delight. Thank you both. Y'all were a delight. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Coming up, we have an entry in the contest to compose a theme song for Captain Crinkle's spinoff show. And how come nobody's writing a theme song for me? Tony Anita Hull opens up the mailbag that's coming up right after this. Fun fact, research has shown that young children ask a question every two and a half minutes, averaging about 300 questions a day. And in America, 90% of those begin with the words, can I have? Hello, it is I, French President Trump, announcing to you nobody that I have my own mini-podcast. The French President Trump Weekly Presidential Press Conference. It drops weekly on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's a three-hour time difference, which I calculated with new scratch paper, new calculator, because I am a very stable genius. It's like nothing anyone has ever heard before. No other president has been able to do a mini-podcast like this. Lincoln tried, but he couldn't get it done. So listen to moi, take questions from the press every week. People are saying... And we're back. Thank you, house band Colin Miller. You are shredding on that jazzy guitar. Tony Hall. you yes. read through 100 emails from nobodies the other day. I did. I did. How was, was that experience? It was loads of fun. I do love hearing from our nobodies. They're the best. All right. Well, you know, that necessitates a segment that we love. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Mailbag. bag <laughs> thank you thank you auxiliary house band paula poundstone there it is adam thank you paula all right tony what you got for us what's on the hopper i'm not finished playing i can't do it adam's here again adam's here again okay go ahead you guys sorry <laughs> okay mailbag Okay, so um, we actually got a wonderful, <laughs> I knew it, I knew it, uh, we, <laughs> we got a fabulous theme song um, for Captain Crinkle. Uh, oh, fantastic. From, uh, yeah. Because I, a couple I, of weeks ago, we debuted a, a sort of a, a demo of her eventual podcast. Yep, exactly. And I made, uh, I put on Facebook, I, to, I asked for some theme songs, and we got one from Nobody Sydney Atwood. And I have to tell you, it's a, it's a treat, so I'm going to play it for you now. <laughs> Welcome to four painful hours of life that you'll never get back. Ask for a 
a story, she'll Google a fact. It's a big alamofry of talking and blocking out staying. Emperor go I've Uga. got an inkling there'll be lots of crinkling, especially if something important is said. Like mm -hmm. Sorry, can't hear, there's an earbud in here Just make sure to hide bubble wrap when she's near And if you should long for a song to be honestly famous Don't count on her iTunes career She fought with the captain in gloomy trench bottom Still one fateful day Was the good of the got him in her conversation Ain't scrawny, but goddammit, Bonnie My Bonnie lies over and over again About trivial shit, follows jokes she don't get But don't throw a fit, please just listen to this May just resemble a runny word dump But at least she's still way more coherent and funny Than President Trump Well, he know Wow, <laughs> that is fantastic. There you have it. Who was really that from? Great. Nobody, Sydney Atwood. Wow, oh, Sydney Atwood, that was wow. really special. Yeah, Sydney, you should be doing so much more with yourself than writing Sydney. Captain Crinkle theme songs. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, I'm impressed, Sydney. You have to. What did you say, Polish? You have. What was my advice? You have to open big and close bigger. Sydney did that. I forget. I forgot your advice. Sorry. <laughs> that was incredible. Thank yeah, that you, was Sydney. incredible. Yeah. That was really impressive. All right, Tony yeah. Nita Hall, what else is in the hopper? Yeah, I know. Um, I love this next email. Hello, Paula or Bonnie or Tony or Adam. My name is Noah Helton. I'm an 18-year-old entering my first year of college, and I'm interested in your internship offer in your last episode. I'm aware oh, that dear. your previous <laughs> intern was met with an unfortunate demise, and he is no longer with us. I'm sorry Poor for dog. your loss. However, I cannot help but see the opportunity in his misfortune. I'll be going to University of North Carolina. My mom and I love your podcast. We've listened to every episode. And thanks to this podcast, we have dozens of inside jokes that none of our family understands. Thank you for your time, and I am excited to hear back. Best, nobody, Noah Helton. Wow. Wow, that is really nice. I, I You know, and uh, brave. I like it. We apparently we've driven a, a wedge in the in the Helton family, uh, Noah and his mother being on one side, and the other little Heltons being on the other side uh, because That's they have fine. all these inside if wanna, jokes. If they want to get on the inside, they can listen to our podcast. I don't think so. I feel that our podcast <laughs> is really for Noah and his mother. You know, the thing that I've come to realize is we're not for everyone, and even within an individual family you know, will be for some and not for... So it's it's Noah and his mom against the other Heltons. So far, no legal action has been taken. But, uh, but Noah, I think um, we weren't, because we're still grieving, we weren't really considering replacing our intern just yet. Um, yeah, but Doug, Doug has left a hole in this show. As soon as we're finished <laughs> with the grieving process... Um, um, Noah, you're in. <laughs> Welcome think, to our new intern, Noah Helton. Yeah. I think it's what Doug would have wanted if we had ever oh, asked him what he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> we never did because he was no, our intern. It was his job to ask what we wanted. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you something. There is a movement now for interns not to do stuff like get coffee. Like, really, the interns should be... Uh, that interns should be in like the meetings and they should really be seeing how things work and they should really right. be, um, you know, shadowing the people who really do the jobs sure. as opposed to just, you know, getting coffee. Um, but uh, and especially now with the stay at home order, because, you know, by the time Noah gets my coffee coming from Adams, the show will be over. 
That's right. Besides which, Noah, and write this down, I don't drink coffee. Not at all. She doesn't like coffee. Um, I think, you know, one thing that Noah might benefit from around here on our particular show is a rule that we passed that we're calling... Security. He'll benefit from security. Yeah, Because we passed a rule called Doug's Law, and that is recognizing the fundamental right of every intern to not get murdered. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, hey, hi there. Excuse me for a second. Uh, uh, excuse me. Hi, what what are you doing here? Put a mask on. You're in my house. Who are you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You got me. I shouldn't be in here, I guess. Uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt, Miss Poundstone. Uh, I'll just be on my way. What are you doing here? I'm sorry, miss. I should have introduced myself. I, I'm Detective Tom Delano from the Los Angeles Police Department, and I don't mean to bother you. I was, I was just poking around. You, you, do you have a warrant? You can't, you're not allowed to just poke around my house. You know, I ask myself that same question. Here I am, investigating the murder of an intern that was killed miles from here. So what am I doing at the home of the lady who hosts the podcast he worked on? Wait a minute. You you mean Doug the intern? Am I a suspect? Oh, oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Absolutely not. Oh, no. Ah, jeez, no. I'm sure you're very broken up over this. I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, there. Oh, don't. Oh, please don't. Oh, jeez, Miss Poundstone. I'm, I'm really sorry if I caused you any pain over this. That's, that's, that's Miss Poundstone. I'm not married. Oh, really? An attractive girl like you? What a shame. Oh, I'm sorry. That was out of line. Yeah, go fuck yourself. And why are you wearing that trench coat? It's not, it's, we're in Santa Monica. I, I I know, it's, it's a habit. My mother bought me this trench coat years ago, and whenever I'm on a murder case, I tend to wear one. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm just going to show myself out, okay? Yeah. Yeah, would you? Thank you. Yeah, over there. Yeah, no, totally go, going I, I'm to not do going it. near you. Oh, oh, I'm staying six but, um, feet away from you, so go yeah, over there. I, I know I'm leaving, but, uh, oh, Miss Poundstone. I got a dog in the backyard that could fucking eat you. Oh, you, I just, love dogs. You, you should, um, you, yeah, you won't me, like this dog. She does a lot of oh, pranks. Okay. Uh, Miss, Miss, Miss Poundstone, before I go, though, one more thing. Yeah, what? What, you know, Detective Delano, what? I, I keep coming back to this book that was on the floor next to poor Doug's bastion head. I mean, if this Adam Felber is a suspect, why would he use his own book as a murder weapon? You know, I have absolutely no idea. It does seem a little... Clumsy, now that you mention it. Clumsy, you- yes. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Gee, you know, you're, you're really good with words. Thank you. You might want to move. There's a spider four feet from you. Well... Oh, jeez. I, I, the reason I'm so good with words, sir, is that I have a helpful and informative vocabulary song that I add to every week. Well... What do you know? Isn't that interesting? You know, my wife, she loves those vocabulary songs. I'm going to tell her to listen to your podcast. Well, thank you. You know what? It's one listener at a time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. One at a time. That's exactly how it's done. Word of mouth. I know, right? But, uh, you know, on that topic, about this book by Adam Felber, well, just as 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 a top of my head question... 
A lot of people might have a copy of that book, right? Well, it was definitely well-reviewed. Right, and I'm sure as, as his friend, you have a copy, right, Ms. Poundstone? I do. I have a copy. He gave me a copy. Would, would you mind very much giving me a look at that copy? Uh, um, I, you know what? This room is a mess. I was just looking for a spider. I, 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 I don't think, I, I, don't, I don't really know where it is right now. I got partway through it and I couldn't understand it. It, 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 I don't, uh, I can find it. I can find it. Okay. I definitely do have it. If you're thinking that my copy of the book is the one you found near Doug's head with the divot in his head where the corner of the book fits in exactly, then you're barking yeah. up the wrong tree. Oh, I, I assure you, Miss Poundstone, I, that was the farthest thing from my mind. I just, maybe, I thought maybe there was an autograph in it or something like that. Uh, anyway, I was asking for no reason at all. I, you know, you know what? what? That's, that's I better five go. feet. We're supposed to be six feet apart. Would you? Yeah, you're back right. You're up? right. You're right. Yeah. All right. I'm. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. All right. Yeah. But you yeah. know, Miss Poundstone. One more thing. Good day, detective. Oh, and take this search warrant with you. Oh, you don't have one. Never mind. <laughs> Ooh, boy, that was weird. It sounded like somebody was visiting your house. Uh, yeah. Y y you know, uh, we have got to solve this Doug thing. Well, um, if we and our listeners don't do it before uh, these detectives do, I, I, I fear for all of us. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm worried about Noah. <laughs> yeah, our new intern, Noah. Hey, yeah. Tony, let's get back to that mailbag. What else you got for us? Okay, here we go. Um... I am San Sergeant Sandra Dominic from the United States of America, currently serving in the U.S. Embassy as Chief Security Guard in Baghdad, Iraq. I have an important business proposal I would like to discuss with you for the benefit of us, and I'm waiting for your response. All right. Wait, what? Well, first of all, Sergeant Sandra Dominic, um, is there any way you could leave your post there in Baghdad, Iraq, and come protect Noah? Uh, because, uh, Look, when... he's gonna be fine! Uh, it's just, no, we already, you know, we already, we already had a tragedy, and, uh, right. so I hope yeah. it's not too much to ask of Sergeant Sandra Dominic. um... To I, abandon I her post with the United States military to protect an intern in North Carolina? All life is precious, Adam. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, now I'm so curious about what her business proposal is yeah sandra we're i guess the first thing i'd ask is tony do you think this is on the up and up that sandra dominic is the chief security guard in baghdad iraq absolutely not okay oh, you don't <laughs> boy i fell okay. for it hook hook line and sinker in fact me too i sent yeah. my bitcoin to wow. obama so I apparently just fall for stuff. Wow, me too. Well, Sandra, now that you know we're easy marks, please send ahead your business proposal. Yeah. Oh, because if there's anybody I want to go into business with, it's somebody who lied their ass off in their email. And gets away with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do this that. This is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tony, more? Let's, let's continue to hit that mailbag. 
Yeah, Paula, Adam, and crew, thank you for continuing to produce this podcast. During your planning meetings, where Paula and Captain Crinkle are both, quote, off the clock, how far off track do those conversations go? That's from Michael <laughs> Shulman. Michael. Oh, my that, God, They Michael. run like a finely tuned machine, those conversations. Yeah, if, if the machine is called the irrelevant dater. No. What we do is, uh, it's like we're going through files. We begin with a topic, right. and when we go around to each person and say, do you, would you like to share your views on how we should open the show this week? You have 30 right. seconds. And That's in 30 seconds, that person um, is done. That's yes, very, and then you wouldn't... somebody says, do we want to do that? And Bonnie says, what? I wasn't listening. And Paula says... <laughs> okay. That's because you're multitasking and multitasking doesn't exist. And Bonnie says it does exist. And I say, so let's just hear the idea again so that Bonnie can decide whether she agrees with it or not. You know that, you know that CarMax um, online car sales thing? Bonnie bought yes. a car one time during our meeting and insured <laughs> it uh, and got extra tires. Uh, yeah, there is a, here's what happens, Michael. I, by the way, generally speaking, stay quite focused. Um, but the others, it, it's like a dog that, that is laying in the yard and then all of a sudden smells a smell. Um, anytime a word is mentioned, like something will get said and they all pretend that they're listening to the conversation and then it turns out they're Googling it, right? Assholes, you hear them laughing. That's exactly what they do. <laughs> Like, it'll be something that's not even important at all. It'll be like, you know, I don't know. Somebody will go, well, are all the BGs still alive? And then we're like, okay, <laughs> let's just keep moving on. And then slowly but surely, the, you know, the, the BG information begins to surface as if they just had it in their head, you know. Like, no, I don't yeah. believe that the BGs are alive. Um, yeah. It's so <laughs> annoying. And, and I, I should add, uh, this is a little, a little tip um, or a little nugget of trivia that you wouldn't know, is that um, the meetings are nominally being run by um, our writer, Ken Lezebnik, the guy who's almost never on the show, though you might remember the vastly successful summer serial from last year, Ken Lezebnik's America. And Ken is also <laughs> susceptible to Googling. So the guy who's supposed to be moving us along is often almost as distracted as Bonnie Burns. And then Adam is usually cooking and he has us just in like a, a headset yeah. thing. And so you can hear fucking Benny Hanna's uh, through. <laughs> so at, w at one point he's like, you hear like, and that's because he just started the, um, the volcano with the fire that comes out through the chopped up onions. Yes. That, yeah. You know, that's not untrue. Yeah. So the answer to your question, Michael, is, oh, those meetings go quite smoothly. They take almost as long as this goddamn podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, in fact, we're not even doing the podcast right now. This is yesterday's meeting. <laughs> hey, Tony, let's get back to that mailbag. What else you got for us? Yeah. So Susie Smith on Facebook wrote. Bonnie, I love you. I'm certain your hair is lovely. By the way, <laughs> will we be seeing Adam's unshaved nape anytime soon? Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Um, Who's that from, Tony? 
Susie Smith. Susie Smith, that's a real name. Um, so Susie is referring to when Bonnie said that she'd only washed her hair twice during the pandemic? Since mid-March. That's during the, okay, since mid-March. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, I stand corrected. If you're going to be literal yeah. like that. No, then yeah. I think that's, hey, listen, it doesn't matter to me. I don't. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm nowhere near Bonnie's head. But her email is about my hair, and I, and I will say this: because my daughter has requested I grow out my hair for the first time in more than a decade, I have now washed my hair two or three times with shampoo for the first time in more than a decade. I had no idea that you'd been shaving it. I just thought it didn't grow. Really? Yeah. But this is just a beautiful symbiotic relationship. The shampoo that Bonnie hasn't been using, uh, Adam has. <laughs> been able to make use of that's fantastic <laughs> yes i have i mean it's it's almost an inch long now my hair i think it is in fact an inch long so get out of town the the thing is the reason why i started shaving it is that there's almost no hair on top anymore but i have a luxurious side mane oh yeah <laughs> what was that you know i stopped yeah well, i don't i haven't cut my hair since the pandemic and uh and I think I'm never going to cut it again because I was so annoyed by those people that were protesting um, for the stay-at-home orders to be lifted because they were like, we need haircuts, we need haircuts. And I just think, what the hell is the matter with America? We are the wussiest people in the world. So my hair has gotten longer and longer. And the only real drawback to that is it is constantly in my mouth. I don't know how the hell cats stand it. Every time I turn one way or the other, like my hair right. goes in my mouth again. I, honestly, I have fur balls. Wow. <laughs> that shouldn't be. You yeah. shouldn't have fur balls. It used to be that at night I would be in my bedroom and I could hear my cats out in the living room going like that. Right. And now it's the other way around. Now the cats are knocking on the door going, are you okay? Are you okay in there? <laughs> I have fur balls. Tony, what else you got for us? You know, I I can't find who sent it, but someone did complain about Bonnie's crinkling, how it feels cheapened now. Um, because it's she cheapened? only crinkles a it, she only crinkles a piece of paper. There's no wrapper crinkling, and there's no crinkling noise in the yeah, background anymore. That's true. I gotta Sad. say, it's it's this damn COVID nineteen stuff. Bonnie is no longer in the studio with us, so she's no longer off mic where she did the worst of her crinkling. So now yeah. it's performative crinkling, whereas in the past she'd just be, you know, 15 feet right. behind Paula, you know, taking out the day's newspaper or <laughs> lighting a small campfire or whatever That's it was she was doing back there. And and yeah. now she just performs the crinkles. Yeah. Sometimes she used to break up kindling. <laughs> yeah. Break up kindling. Yeah, th that's what she would do. So, yeah, well, I, I have to agree with that email. Well, yeah, me too. Tell that emailer, whoever it may be, to hang in there because COVID nineteen will not last forever. It won't disappear magically either, but it will not last forever. And therefore, eventually, we will be back in the studio, and Bonnie will bring bubble wrap. Oh yeah, she will. She will get right back to the program of uh, just annoying the living crap out of me. Yeah. All well, right, it's Tony. good. We have that to look forward to. Okay. <laughs> Tony, is that mailbag? That is mailbag. 
mailbag. Well, Paula, we've talked about spiders on this show and uh, quoted from Char Charlotte's Web. E.B. White also said, once you begin watching spiders, you haven't time for much else. I got nice. it. Nice mailbag. You finally got it. Now, I hope yeah, our listeners you know will... You what? It's the orange one and then the red one. I Any German from the fest would tell you that. Boy, did I enjoy that. You know, there's no more deserving person than me for that um, Glockenspiel award. No. No. <laughs> there's nobody more deserving. Now, Paula, I was trying to segue into saying that if the listeners um, from our show will stop watching Spiders or making theme songs long enough to at least check out the Poundstone product line. I had it once. Um, yeah, you know yeah. what, Adam? There are so many. <laughs> there are so many fine acquisitions at my store. It doesn't take long to check out at all. It's paulapoundstone.com. You can get the Poundstone Pussy Pillows. Uh, Wendell has corrected me. I used to say they were like two inches by three inches. Not true at all. They're four and a half inches by five inches. They're huge and they're full of uh, of fresh nip that your cat will enjoy. Uh, on one side, there's a cat joke, and on the other side, I'm happy to autograph it to your cat. When you fill out the form online, there will be a space where you put in your cat's name, and it'll be done. Say the word, and it'll be done. The other thing that's available not on my website um, is uh, I, I'm doing cameo videos now, so if you would like me to uh, send a message, a video message, uh, to someone that you know, you can go uh, to cameo.com slash paulap33. That's cameo.com slash paulap33. And back to my website, I do have a series of uh, comedy videos that I made specifically to help get people through the COVID-19 depression uh, uh, they're called RX Laughter Videos. Uh, if you go to paulapoundstone.com and you click on the tab that says RX Laughter Videos, they'll come up. Oh, and um, Miss Poundstone, one more thing. I, I'm sorry to poke my head back in again. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, Detective, it's me, the, Detective Delano. Del Delano. Um, you know, probably nothing, but the boys in the lab, they had this lab test of Doug's blood and there was a... There was a significant, there were no drugs, but there was a significant amount of catnip. Oh, there was, cat, there was catnip. Well, then Doug, Doug may have been working alongside Wendell uh, over, in the, uh, over in the sweatshop making the... Yeah, uh, that's making, probably what it was. That's probably, yeah. as I said, it's probably nothing. I was just checking in. I'm sorry. Uh, well, th thanks very much, because I know you're desperate to clear my name. Oh, absolutely. Of course. I, you, you were never a suspect. Anyway, I got to go. All right, we want to hear from you nobodies out there. If you want to enter our theme song contest, send us a sync show description or just drop us a line. You can do it by sending it to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Oh! You can find <laughs> you can you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're all over the place. And check out our Facebook page at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. 
That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Dr. Eleanor Spicer-Rice, and thanks to our house band, Colin Miller, Operations Director for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. And thanks to former intern Doug. And to our new intern, what's his name again? Noah. Noah, thanks, Noah. Welcome aboard. Technical direction by Jessica Gutierrez. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Wow, Paula, that detective showed up at your house twice. He's really... He's, he's sniffing around. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm just saying, he's, he, he hasn't been at my place even once. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell him to go to your place. I just, I'm just thinking maybe you should lawyer up, Bouncenow. Nah, I'm not afraid of him. <laughs> just spiders, huh? You know what? He, he walked like four feet from where I was. That detective was at one point standing four feet from where I was. And you know what that means. He might have killed He's a spider? Oh, he killed the spider. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to freak him out, but like, there's got to be a spider right under you. If you're four feet from me, there's got to be a spider yeah. right under you. Unless That's I'm the spider. Unless I'm his spider. And he's yours? Yeah. This thing goes deep. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.